I've been going to concerts since I was like 12. Loud concerts. And I never yeah. wear earplugs. That's why I always I do now. When we, we saw the Chili's, you had earplugs in, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing's ready yeah. to go. <laughs> Locked yeah. and loaded. Because, like, I don't, I don't mess around with that sort of thing. Because, like, my... I have like pretty good hearing and like, I'm just, I've always been sensitive to things like overwhelming it. Um, just loud yeah. sounds in general. So I'm like, even if I didn't think it was going to damage it, I would probably do that anyway, just for comfort. Dude, but now I'm like, yeah, right, yeah, this is probably a good idea. That makes sense. It's smart. It's honestly yeah. smart. I need to do the same thing. I went to an infected mushroom concert New Year's Eve once in high school with some friends and I what swear. What is infected mushroom? Oh dude, you never heard of infected mushroom? <laughs> No, like, never. They're like a dubstep band or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like the height of like dubstep and that kind of like crunchy electronic music. Um, and we saw them on like Times Square New Year's Eve, and, and it, was, I, it was good. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we were all in high school. We we're just goofing around um, in general. And I remember getting back out to Jersey after, and I swear to God, I could not hear for like you still two the rain days yeah. after. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like. Yeah. I woke up the next morning and it was just like, it's like there's cotton Dude, I, in my ears. That's what I always loved about concerts. Just the, you know, on the way home, tired as hell. Your ears can barely hear a thing. It's the best. I love it. <laughs> feel my body dying this is great yeah i can feel myself i feel my my eardrums imploding mm, but dude, uh, aware. we are back episode 16 s rank podcast live on twitch um oh, hold on i gotta turn you up a little bit oh sorry i'm leaning back, away there we, go. there we go no no i i just had i had the had you on mute but but it's Hello, all, all now howdy um we're back episode 16 live dude. on twitch 16 uh, is one bigger than 15 it's not my lucky number anymore i'm pissed yeah, that is, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, oh, we talked about lucky numbers. The iPhone 15, I have to get it. It's my lucky number. I realized that. Um, oh, yeah. No, you have to. I ordered mine. It's coming. Oh, you, it's you already did? Nice. Yeah. Because with that, with that stuff, it's like if you, you either get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and order it, or you are, you're waiting for a month and a half. Yeah. That's why I'm like, you I'll know? wait until I can just go into the store and get it, because I don't want to deal with that. Exactly. So, yeah, no, that's it's either you get it right off the jump or you you are like fully content with just waiting and you wait. Yeah. So I, I, I did it. I woke up early. I ripped it, cried over how much money is gone. And <laughs> well, you're doing uh, the trading, so you're getting you're getting money back. Yeah, I'm doing trading. The trading is nice and juicy. Nice um, and juicy. But other than that, other than that, uh, this week is another game. Mortal Kombat, well, it's, it's every single game now has pre uh, deluxe edition early access. Yeah, it has to stop. They slept it in has like, to stop literally without anyone noticing. Like I didn't even realize that was becoming a trend, and now it is such a trend. What was the first? Uh, was it? Um, I mean, it was uh, Call of Duty <sighs> last year. Was the first game I remember doing it. I, yeah, I have Kat's been doing it for drink. a bit. Call of Duty last year was the first time I remember doing it. And I remember being like, well, I remember being like, that makes, that's not like the worst thing in the world because it's like people want to play the online early. Like, I get it. Yeah. I kind of get that. 
But now it's just like single player games, like Starfield. Yeah, Starfield yeah. had had early access, and it's like, wh- why? Yeah, it's like you're just you're just not giving the experience to certain people. Like it, it's it's and, wacky. And people have talked about it, but like this, it defeats the whole day one on Game Pass thing. Yeah, because it's like entirely if there there's the whole idea of like early access is now like that's the release date now like that's millions of people are playing the game already like that day is the one is date. <laughs> right the release the day that the game is available to people is the release date of the game yeah commercially available i don't want to hear so about funny. they oh, found well, like, yeah, it's pirated it does that make it no it's talking <laughs> commercially available they found a way to raise the price of games without actually raising the price of games because it's like you can still buy it for seventy or sixty or whatever on launch, but it's like Let's get it five days later. Yeah, exactly. And they, everyone's gonna know I'm a loser, you know, if I don't play day one with everybody else. Well, we are losers. Yeah, but other I'm people a loser, might not want to be. I like being a loser by choice. By choice. Me too. Yeah. And now all the things that made me a loser in high school are like considered cool. I know, I'm pissed. Like, vi- video games are cool. Anime is cool. Yeah. The worst music you've ever heard is cool. <laughs> Superheroes have been the coolest thing for a decade now. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, comic it's books. Ridiculous. Yeah, there's, um, I, I, I'm happy about it, but there's that part of me, that little like bit of nerd gatekeepy DNA that's just lodged in my heart and my brain where I'm just like, no, you can't. <laughs> this is mine. Yeah, yeah. I liked it first. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> no, I, I get that. Um, but we are live. You you travel. You're, you're a little traveling boy. You're live from New York City this week. Oh, New yeah. York City proper. I'm here in Manhattan, traveled, baby. Th- talking about being a nerd, this this man traveled with his PC in his suitcase. <laughs> I brought my gaming PC in my suitcase. It fit perfectly. That's anybody at home. Small form factor PC cases. This is the best. That's so so fun. We have it because when I built my first one, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was like, just send me your parts list and I'll just build that because I trust you. I was like, I, I, whatever you did research on, because that is one of the tendencies that you and me sh- almost share identically is like, we will, whenever we're making an investment, a purchase, we will like research it to no end. Oh, and yeah. one of the reasons I didn't want to build a PC was because I just knew I would spend 30 hours researching every single part. So I was like, just send me your parts list. You had just rebuilt yours. Just Mm -hmm. send me your parts list. I'm just going to buy it, and I'll just build it. Because otherwise, I will be here for months combing over every single piece, looking up when the next version of that one will come out. Should I wait? Blah, blah. So I was like, just just send me your list. And so we had the same exact – well, not anymore, but – the same yeah, form we, factor. We, we diverged. Case. We had the same uh, the same ancestor. You know, the same, the same jump same, off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. You know, it's it's a lot of knowledge to kind of like get at first, which is why I think like PC building can be overwhelming for a lot of people. When you're like, I'm not even really sure what a GPU is or like what any of this is. But then like once right. you're kind of in it, then like because now you know like oh like I want to upgrade my GPU, so like I know kind of where to what direction to go in with that. You know, it's like once mm-hmm. you've got that, then you can pick and choose parts and kind of do upgrades and stuff from there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but uh, so you brought it with you. You're playing Starfield. Yes, How many sir. hours did you clock on Starfield now? I think my save is about fifty, probably fifty-four hours at this point. Because I played that's, for like that's what I'm four at. hours last night until about two a.m., three a.m. That was, dude. I don't get it. Like I just like turned it on last week, 
thought mm-hmm. I'd play a little bit, and now all of a sudden it's a fifty-hour save. I'm like, what's yeah. happening? Why that was not happen? my intention. It's and it's I've crazy. done like three main story missions. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Bethesda games is you always whatever you sign on for that session to do, you're not going to do. <laughs> right. It's going to be right. six hours happen. later, and you will have done everything in the universe happening. but that. And then you'll no. finish that session by putting yourself right in front of that mission and being like, okay, I'll save and quit. I'll jump in on this the next time. And then maybe you right. won't. Maybe you won't. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I got Mortal Kombat on Thursday. It's awesome. It yeah. is so awesome. It's I'm probably going to grab ridiculous. it this week. I think we're all getting in on it because it just looked oh, like so much yeah. fun. It's, it's a blast, man. Like Mortal Kombat is such a great, I don't want to say like a casual fighting game because like the skill ceiling is as high as any other but i think it's just something about it is so f- fun to jump into even if you're not going to take it super seriously i'm having i'm just having that like i'm just having that kind of that similar feeling when i first started playing smash ultimate where i'm just like jump in do a couple rounds like getting my ass kicked but like feeling like i'm like slowly getting better through that and then just like learning like little combos, just like little tiny combos. I'm pretty much only playing Reptile, but I want to play like Baraka. I think I want to play Reptile, Baraka, Liu Kang, and maybe one other person just has like to, to dip around with at first. Yeah. But it is it is so fun. The game looks insane. Mm-hmm. Visually insane. It's so snappy. It feels awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm having so much fun. I, I played it till late last night. You're playing the Switch version, right? Yes, which right. Do you see those wait, clips? Wait, wait. Yeah, pull up the yeah, clip. Hold on. Pull up the clip on. of how, how good the, the Switch version of Mortal Kombat 1 looks. I'm actually, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that it is running and that it actually looks, caveat, as good as it does. <laughs> it does not look good but for the hardware. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, let me just start. Let me, let me try to find a proper... Uh, a proper... We go to x.com. <laughs> Hold on. The social network, the, the banking app, the everything app known as X. Okay, here's Mortal Kombat on the Switch. Let me share this share this here. Yeah, this is hilarious. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, what is the where is it? We need a Oh here we go. Oh my god, I haven't seen this one. Oh, dude. Oh, my God, dude. Found out Mortal Kombat. I don't even know if this is sharing just yet. It'll be sharing shortly. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Found out Mortal Kombat 1 came out on the Switch with the side effect of facial expressions not being a thing. It literally, I didn't realize it didn't have facial expressions. Yeah, like none of the face mocap. Like, look at the textures on his face, on his shirt. Dude, this is hilarious. Looks like a Starfield character. Where, where do they actually, actually does look like a <laughs> character? Wait, oh, I get that the, one with the sunglasses. Where is the... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That picture of smoke, I hope, is a new meme for the foreseeable future, because it is it is ridiculous. Okay, here we go. Here is the proper, here's the proper compare. This is insane. It's this like is truly nuts. It's so weird because Look like at this. it's all there. Like it's all there. That is that is the game. That's the character model. He's doing the animation. It's just like it just someone took it and then took like forty percent of it away. <laughs> I, I honestly, I have to wonder though. Like, 
I just wonder if it feels the same or if they literally had to do like a like make another version of the game. I'm really curious. Yeah. Like, I'm like curious is it a straight up rate. port or is it is it a a, a ground up version? I, I'm pretty sure it's a port. I think they just probably. I think like all like the rigging and the animations and stuff are mostly the same, but it looks like they did either like a bespoke <laughs> version of all the models. It is insane. Like these are so meme worthy. Like it's it's haunting. It's actually really haunting. At the same time, it looks like the uh, the James Franco meme. <laughs> yeah, <with> the... <laughs> that is that is so funny. It's actually like a great study piece of making use of you know like compromising in order to getting get software yeah, running it's a like, run that's the game that is the full game like everybody is saying like it's actually plays pretty well for the most part it's just like the way it looks is is utterly insane this I'm, is exactly yes this is exactly what the um the ftc and the cma were talking about or trying to tell us uh early on when they were saying that like things that come to the switch just like won't even be you know worth the like they they won't even be the same product you know what i mean yeah they they were trying to warn us and and nobody wanted to listen nobody (laughs) wanted to listen they hated them because they told the truth (laughs) they hated them because they told the truth and nobody wanted to listen but wait the switch to now here we are popping off the Switch 2. Yeah, honestly, apparently apparently the Switch 2, I don't remember if we talked about this last time or not, apparently the Switch 2 is going to be like PS5 handheld, which is insane. Yeah, using some, that's some true, DLSS. That, that is, that is mind-blowing. Um, I can't wait. But but go, going back to Starfield, actually, that's going back to Starfield, if we look back, that's actually a really good uh, jump-off point because I don't know if you remember when Phil Spencer uh, quote-unquote said that uh good games won't sell consoles do you remember this quote i certainly do that is yeah. that is the the ultimate quote from someone who is not in the leader you know the leadership position in like a a, a competition yeah and yet well, apparently apparently uh like we meant we guessed that uh mr spencer phil pencil was <laughs> was wrong here uh because Starfield, after Starfield launched, we, they saw a 76% sale increase on Xbox Series X and S's. And I actually just saw an article from uh, VG247, like two weeks prior, the, high, the, the lead up to the game, on Amazon, their sales spiked 1,000%. Wow, that is insane. For the consoles. Yeah. So, Phil, I don't know, I, I'm not a big CEO, M, M, MBA you know, corporate exec. <clears throat> but I kind of think maybe a good game does sell consoles. Just guessing. Not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we have enough evidence to, to point to that being true or not. So this article from uh, Game Industry Biz says, the launch of Starfield, a new version of Xbox Series S, significantly bolstered sales of Microsoft consoles. GFK data reveals that Xbox Series X and S sales jumped 76% week on week. Uh, for the seven days ending September 2nd, GFK Games boss Dorian Block says that this week is the biggest year so far for Xbox Series S and X hardware sales in the UK. Meanwhile, the week ending September 9th is currently the second best week. This wow. is partially due to the launch of the new Xbox Series S 1TB edition, which accounted for 24% of all Xbox consoles sold during that week. 
the new version of Xbox Series S is roughly, uh, this is English, so 50 pounds more. 50 quid more. 50 expensive pounds. Expensive than, sta- than the standard Series S model. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's nuts. A new, a, new, a new console alone isn't making this spike. This is obviously... This is the Xbox Series X launch title, by the way. What, Starfield? Yeah, I mean, what else? What else? <laughs> was there a launch title? I That's think it was like Sunset Overdrive. Question. Now that was the Xbox One. That was like wow, 2013. Yeah, I'm thinking. Did it actually have like an exclusive launch title? Halo was supposed to be there, but did that came out a bit after, nope. right? It came out a lot after. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, we were just doing cross-gen stuff for a while there. I mean, it was pretty much mostly the same as the PS5. That's funny. What was the yeah. launch title for Series X? I don't. I literally don't think it had one. Yeah, I like don't think ex- it had one. An exclusive one. Unless there's something I'm forgetting about. But then again, I mean, well, the PS5 launched with uh, the Demon Souls remake. That was like the exclusive. Um, yeah. And Astrobot. Don't forget about and Astrobot. Also, I think I think uh, Miles Morales launched like almost immediately. I think Miles Morales was mm-hmm. a launch title. Yeah. Which yeah. was very impressive. That was a really impressive game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I mean, look, we said it. Phil didn't. We should be running Xbox, basically. Good game, sell consoles, Phil. Hate to break it to you, man. Phil, Phil, give us a call. Phil, we want your resignation now. You and Lauren Boebert. We want both your resignations. You guys can go see Beetlejuice together in your free time. Get the hell out of here, Phil. Play tonsil hockey. Hit your your vapes together. We all know you do it. Everybody vapes. Everybody's vaping. Oh, hell yeah. Um, To be fair, she was vaping in an intermission. (laughs) Of course. At that point, it's totally fine. Everybody's hitting their vape in intermission. Everybody's vaping. Um, yeah, but, this is, I mean, look, it's, it, it makes total yeah. sense. Like we, we know like games have always moved consoles. That's literally how it works. It's why, like, like we said last week in our, in our last podcast, like Phil Spencer is so good at like answering the question about he needs to run president. He really does. Like the man knows how to give like exactly answer whatever question he's asked, but in a way that like never really answers it, but also pitches like all of their stuff and makes it sound like a positive thing. So of course, like when they have lower sales, hardware sales numbers, and they don't have like big exclusive titles, of course, he's going to say like, well, you know, it doesn't really make that big a difference, but we're working on services and check out Game Pass, check out all these things we're doing, check out xCloud. Yeah. And then of course, like, obviously it does. Like if people want to play Starfield, they have to get this. Yeah. And I've talked to people who are like, Playing Starfield on xCloud and like you know bringing uh bringing a PS or a, a, a game controller with their MacBook and playing it on xCloud. I know you're playing it on Steam Deck. Like mm-hmm. the you know the options are great, but you know it doesn't matter if if the content on the options aren't great. You yeah. see the same thing with the streaming the streaming platforms. Like you know Netflix has a ton of stuff, but ninety five percent of it is garbage. And almost every streaming platform is just straight up like pumping out a season of whatever and then canceling it immediately. Yeah. So, you know, there's that one good thing that comes along that gets people back in or gets people to resub or gets people talking. And it's like, that's what sells, you know, the content. It's got to be good. Exactly. Something good, you know. You just need one good, you know, one or two good shows a year to have people keep their subscriptions. People aren't going to buy the console if there's nothing, if there's no real reason to buy it. Meanwhile, you have the other side putting out consistent bangers yeah you know 
I mean, I, I love this. I, it makes me really happy to see that people are buying Xboxes, that they're, they're in the game, they're doing it because like, I love competition. And Sony, as we saw when they just raised the price for PS Plus, like when they're, they're in a leadership position, they really try to get away with a lot of crap and they've always done yeah. it. And like, I hate, I, I love my PlayStation, I love their games, but like, I never want to see Sony like do too well for too long because they suck <laughs> when they are. Both of um, them. Both it's of literally them, do, both of them. Know? Yeah, it's like any I, the the push and pull is so vital, and I was feeling really nervous for a while when when Microsoft was really struggling, and you know, like in some ways, still right. are getting getting the IP going, getting new things going. Um, it's like the competition there is great, um, so I think they should I just hope buy. This, like, shows... and... Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I hope this shows them that like people do want they just want good content, like more than good services. Yeah, that a, a good content will trump a good service every time. People, Nintendo Switch is like the most popular console on the planet. Yeah, like look at that it has the worst that has minimal services, but mm -hmm. people will still pump out fifty dollars a year just so they can have Mario Kart DLC. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that. If if there is a lesson in anything, it, it is Nintendo is the shining star of content is king. Like that. That is the primary. They they exist in a market of their own at that point yeah. because of their think, because of their individual IP. We just see so many like executives and people coming in who are in like charge of things who might not really understand. And we see this in, in so many industries. Like it's like the the numbers. It's like just keep pumping it out. Like pump out whatever. It doesn't matter right. if it's good or bad. Just keep people like hooked and stuck on something. And it's like one brilliant game is going to make so much more difference than just like pumping it full of crap that no one really wants to play, you know? Right. Um, yeah. hundred percent. I hope they keep it going, man. I hope they, uh, they really make use of acquisitions they've made. I hope they, I would love if I want to say like, man, they really need a good halo game. And then I remember that infinite exists. <laughs> yeah. I, wish, I just need to take that back to the drawing board. Um, yeah, I, gears, I, still, like, I, I really like infinite. It's just, it's yeah. just not enough. It's not enough too. of it's a just, fully baked thing. It's it's tough for that to come back too after all this time. It feels like it's kind of like a, a bit of a skeleton crew working on that, but yeah, yeah, and people just keep leaving the studio. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. look, it's uh, I hope this is why the merger is so scary because, like you're saying, like you know, whenever one side is too strong, like too powerful in the market, it just seems like they try to pull the biggest crap ever. Yeah, and really. I I just you know I I think that merger is too big of a swing power swing in one direction. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's what makes me most nervous about the merger, um, because I just don't want, you know, Xbox to make games, not shareable, like physical copies, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It would be crazy if they switched around again. Cause the, you know, the 360 was so dominant. Um, and then the X, the PS4, you know, ran away with the last generation. And this one seemed like, you know. PlayStation had such a strong start. They still are doing really well, but you know, Microsoft is coming back with a bunch of stuff. It would be wild if Sony had like some really gigantic misfire and Microsoft actually came back and took the lead again, like at least in, in, the, in North America. Um, yeah, that'd be wild. Like I, be I thought I would be locked in on, you know, cause I have a PC and thankfully the most pro consumer thing Microsoft has done in a very long time is put all of their first party stuff on PC. Thank you, Phil Spencer. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Phil. Um, thank you, Phil. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, but like, I was like, okay, for consoles, I'm just going to be PlayStation because they've got the exclusives and that. And it's like, 
what if Sony just really started sucking again? And like, now I get a new Xbox for the next generation. Who knows? Um, nothing, nothing lasts forever. It's all possible. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. I mean, luckily, like Sony is comprised of third party studios that like build around them. So it's like, it, we're not, we're literally relying on Sony themselves rather than the third party studios that make first party games for them now. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully that strategy stays true, but then you hear things about like Bungie not letting Naughty Dog release uh, Factions 2.0, and it's like, okay, well then, that, and that if that keeps happening, we're absolutely screwed. Yeah, I, I worry about that, man. Like the the shift towards the servicey kind of stuff, where we you might say like, well, Sony knows like their bread and their bread and butter is these great single player games, these first party things. But again, nothing it can't, nothing lasts forever. Like there, there might be someone in charge of Sony now, or the, the right people in the room who are saying, yeah, "Actually, man, like you know, the money dollars, is, dollars, 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 dollars. The money got their is, own like, Zaslav. We, we've got these people locked in. Yeah, they've got their own Zaslav, who's just going to like you know, shut down projects. They got vault a, things. A guy that looks like David Zaslav. His name is David Daslav. <laughs> it's just him with a mustache. Looks, he's got a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like saying like, okay, we've got them locked in and like, we've got that retention and now just apply the, you know, apply the service, apply the service, that kind of thing. And things can shift, man. Like when people feel grossed out about something, like they'll stop using it or they'll, they'll look for alternatives. So. Right. Yeah. We'll see. No, it's, 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 it's scary. All um, that being said, but... congratulations, Microsoft. You sold some Xboxes. Finally, everybody's congratulations, happy Phil. Happy for you. Phil, you did um, this. You deserve it. Take a weekend off. Dude, have you ever seen the movie uh, Olympus Has Fallen? No, I haven't. Well, a franchise has fallen. <laughs> it's called The Immortals of Avium. <laughs> what a bummer. Oh, what a bummer. We got some, we got some uh, sounds, of, sounds of New York. The sounds of Manhattan. I'll, I'll mute myself if that weep. comes back up again. Weep, weep. That's Ooh. fine. Hello? Gives us a little personality. Yeah, for the folks um, at home, it's like you're really here. So, Immortals of Avium Studio lays off nearly half of staff weeks after release. Developer Ascendant Studio cited poor sales. Uh, this is an article from Polygon. Uh, it says, Immortals of Avium creator Ascendant Studios has laid off nearly half of its staff. According to three people at the studio, workers estimated, estimated that before the layoffs, the studio employed 80 to 100 people. Around 40 people were laid off. Ascendant CEO Britt Robbins announced the layoffs in a meeting on Thursday. One former worker told Polygon that Immortals of Avium's poor sales were cited for the layoffs, which were said to be necessary to keep the studio running. Immortals of Avium was released on August 22nd on PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox Series X. The first-person shooter was published by Electronic Arts as an EA original title. It was originally heralded as a groundbreaking AAA single-player magic shooter from an independent studio, but when it released, the game received mixed reviews from critics who said it re uh, rehashed AAA tropes. Yeah, I mean, that's like, um, that's the vibe that I got. It, it looked really interesting. And I yeah. think you said it best. Like, I think if this game came out in like 2015, well, this is, this is what you said, but if the game had come out in like 2015, this probably would have been like a hit. This probably would have been like one crushed. of the biggest classics yeah. of all time. Yeah. Done big numbers. Cause I, I think it's like the whole vibe, you know, some kind of edgy characters, some Marvel one liners, like the Whedon esque one liners, uh, 
first person shooter with like some cool magic sort of stuff. I was like, man, they're like 10 years late to the party, but they would have like ate everybody's lunch with this thing. Yeah. You want to hear Look at this. Look at this stat. This is horrible. <laughs> Immortals of Avium peaked at just under 800 Steam players shortly after launch. That's tough. That sucks. That's <laughs> that really tough. sucks. For That's a big brutal. budget title, like for a and it's not surprising. EA game. The game I showed you, the requirements on PC to play this game are insane. It, it, the yeah. recommended specs for this game were like a Ryzen seven thirty eighty, and a there's a Ryzen seven thirty eighty. Yeah. I don't even have that, and yeah, I have like what I consider a higher end build. And that's for the recommended specs, which is like 1440, I think they said 1440p, 60 FPS. That's nice that they targeted that. But like the game made use of really heavy upscaling uh, with FSR and, and DLSS, I think on PC as well. Thank you. Um, but like they used Unreal Engine 5, basically it feels like one of those games where they just hit the toggle and turned on like every effect in Unreal Engine 5 without really thinking about whether it was necessary and the, a lot of it just felt kind of like style over substance. Um, I think that was a lot of people's takeaway. And this, this bums me out because it's easy to say like, ah, you know, they made a, they made a stinker and you know, Ooh, game looked bad and this and that, which is true. Right. But the, the version of the industry that we're in right now, where like a new, I don't know how old the studio is, but like, I'd never heard of them before. Like a studio can make one, bad game or mediocre game uh and the way budgets are so bloated how everything is like on a knife's edge right now one bad game can literally shutter an entire studio like that's right that's nuts um where so many of the the classic studios we think of today had the opportunity to to have misses to have standards right. when budgets were smaller and it wasn't such a razor razor thin margin um and this is a, right. a new ip you know they took a they took a swing at it uh it was kind of a swing and a miss but this kind of thing makes me think that, you know, EA, the, the publishers, the bigger houses might be like, people don't want new IPs, you know, make another. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the biggest worry about it. So, yeah, oh, make... let's just make uh, Gears 10. But it's yeah, like, exactly. you know, it, it's, it, it is a shame. And the game looked, the game for the most part looked like basically like a seven. They went balls yeah, to looked, the walls okay. on, um, on Twitch streamers. They, they paid a bunch of Twitch streamers to play it. And like it actually, it it looked okay. It looked like a flat seven to me, but like some of the boss fights actually looked like really cool and like pretty yeah, yeah. well designed. Like big pinch of souls, grandiose esque bosses that it just looked. But you know, you're more of a uh, kind of like a more like a dishonored almost. You know, like uh, you you have yeah. the you know you're just looking at your hand and you just got the abilities or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Shooting yeah, yeah, out of it. Which yeah. like is always cool, but like you know, on the flip side of that, I'm watching this, I'm watching the streamer like walk around for an hour in like some vast forest, like picking up fucking apples, and <laughs> you know, it's like oh, a, a arrow, arrow in yeah. a crate, and it's like, it's like you said, you know, if if this game had come out earlier, it, I you know, 2015 ish, it probably would have crushed, it probably would have absolutely crushed, but I think. The thing is, is like I think developers have to be very aware of where people's appetites are now, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of the tropes that come from AAA games, a lot of the things that Assassin's Creed introduced to us, you mm -hmm. know, 15 years ago, like P 
people want to shy away from those pretty much as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so I think it's this is probably another example too of like sometimes, and I don't know if this is I, maybe this doesn't even apply to this game, but sometimes like more linear is better. Like, yeah. If this game was if this game was like less open, if Forspoken was less open, if you're looking at like a twenty hour. Uh, speaking of Assassin's Creed. They are making the right decision in making their next title like a quick twenty-hour, twenty-five-hour, in and out, uh, you know, game experience. There, that yeah, for the less fact money that people too. are excited for that says a lot about how exhausted everybody is on big time. Big on, on big open games. That is the biggest shift. Like you, even myself, if you had told me, like, asked me my opinion ten years ago especially beyond that, you know, like 10 or 15 years ago, I'm aging my dating myself here, but like, you know, if you would ask me, or I think most, most gamers at the time, like, do you want like, you know, a bigger, a longer game? Do you want open world? The answer would always have been like, yeah, like I want more. Just like, I want those giant things where like now there's been so much of that and so many that are not great. Like it's, it has shifted so dramatic. People are exhausted. It's exhausting. I see a big are, map with a bunch of icons, and I literally feel tired just looking at it. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think, this... like, developers need to focus on those appetites. And if you are going to do something like that, you need to hedge it as much as possible. Baldur's Gate's an incredible example where it just has the easiest fast travel you could ever imagine. Yeah, like open to anywhere click and <laughs> click it. Yep, and you're and you go. There's no yeah. like, oh, well, you don't have enough stones of teleportation to. No, <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. We're 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 going. Like this Immortals of Avium. Like, so I feel bad for the studio. I hope they I hope they don't get closed. I would love for them to come back. It's just this this kind of game. I always think like feels to me like the kind of thing you in like 20, 2011, You go into GameStop. And you see like, oh, game's on sale. It's like the kind of thing you just pick up on a whim because the box art looks cool. It's got a cool dude with a cool haircut, like grimacing at the, at the player, you know? And like, got you pick it up on sale. It's got who? Raiden. Yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, I know he does. Just so edgy. Like, look at this guy. He's right out of 2010. I wanted to look like this in high school. Um, I you pick him. it up. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Who said that? Do I want to be him? Do I love him? Do I? Um, and you, you'd pick it up on sale. And, you know, you'd play it, you'd be like, cool, that's fun. Maybe it would become one of your favorites over time. But, like, the industry, it's so hard for, like, a boxed game to fit that role now with the big budgets, the big development timelines, trying new IPs. Right. And it's it's tough. Like, I, I keep going back to the thought, like, this looks like the kind of game that someone in a TV show in 2011 would have been playing, you know, with, like, the controller in their hand. Like, How cool would it have been if, like, Immortals of Avium was, like, doom but magic or or like a neon white where you're just you know the the main goal is to like keep all of the 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 magic your your first person shooter but it's magic so you're just looking at your arm but it's like it's like doom style or like neon white where you just have to like rush through and you know the the speed has emphasis like that probably yeah. would have killed that probably would have done great because yeah. not there's too much content now for people to dive into these big things yeah. unless it's unless it is like a boulders gate a starfield uh you know a very something very exciting um mm-hmm. but yeah it, it does stink i mean look the studio's still up 
I and the game wasn't like terrible. Like it wasn't a terrible game. It just it didn't sell yeah. well. A seven out of ten or whatever is not not a terrible game. I, I would like to see what else they can do. I think when it goes on like a deeper sale, it'll probably start doing better. It's just it's tough because like a lot of the tale I think of uh, games these days, like you know when it goes on sale and it picks up extra sales, um, a lot right. of that happens on PC because um, I think PC gamers tend to be a bit uh, not cheaper, but like looking look for sales, be patient, and you know pick up things later on. But this game shot itself in the foot so hard with those system requirements. I'm not going to buy this yeah. until I upgrade my PC, like a couple of years from now. You know, like I can't even really play it very well right now, which is just Todd Howard shoots... loves this game, by the way. <laughs> Upgrade your PC to play yeah, Starfield like, and Immortals of Avium. And Immortals of Avium, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine the interview. He's like, we're just trying to mirror Immortals of Avium specs. <laughs> That's a new standard. Such a weird year for that, man. Like, hardware requirements suddenly shot yeah. up like crazy. Like, way beyond what I think makes any sense. It does feel like people aren't optimizing as much anymore. Um, yeah. But, okay, let's let's jump to another another headline. And this is one that really grabbed my attention because I think it was it was an interesting uh, lesson in not only the industry but also like reporting and how it's handled um, yeah, but this yeah. is from Video Games Chronicles um, Square Enix has lost nearly 2 billion in market value since Final Fantasy 16's release Final Fantasy ah! <laughs> terrible game terrible game um, we got a nice little picture of Barney over here. Barnabas. Barnabas. Um, but basically, uh, this is from Video Games Chronicle, and it says the Japanese publisher's share price reached its highest point this year in days. Wait, highest price? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the days running up to Final Fantasy XVI release in June, but it closed Wednesday at its lowest since May 2022. The slump comes after sales of the PS5 game reportedly failed to meet the high end of the company's expectations, uh, but it also follows the disappointing performance of other big-budget releases like 2020's live service flops, Marvel's Avengers, support for which will end this month. Rest in uh, peace. Everyone go in there and get all your free cosmetics while it's still running. <laughs> and Forspoken, the debut game from Square Enix's Luminous Production Studio, which launched to lackluster sales, according to the studio. And a Bloomberg article uh, analyzing Square Enix's recent downturn Anonymous employees and contractors claim the company is suffering from issues with its game development structure and quality control, while analysts express concerns about its long, longer-term projects. So this is really interesting, because when, when the Bloomberg article dropped, I don't know, this is probably like three days ago, a lot of people were reporting on this, and it even says it in this headline, right? There's this, like, equating of Final Fantasy 16 to this giant... <laughs> drop in stock price it's the it's the phrasing it's like it's, it's the phrasing technically it's accurate in that since the release the price has gone down yeah, the and price has lost gone the down value, right. but it's associating the meaning versus you know it's like right. kind of twisting it because they know yeah, it's, it's right exactly so when if you actually go and read that bloomberg article it goes into much more detail about how the stock really fell because of what was mentioned here marvel's avengers um, uh, Forspoken. I think there's something, uh, something of Babylon. I forget what that one's oh, called. Oh yeah, God, Babylon falling gods. Babylon, Babylon falls something or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, Babylon has fallen. I forgot. It's <laughs> like Olympus. But it's um, falling. everything's falling. But yeah. like, so those those games, especially Forspoken. I think Forspoken, like, 
it was Forspoken the one they had spent like a hundred million dollars on? Like it had a it was, massive, massive budget, and it did not budget. really. Yeah, big budget, long development time. Right, and so it's these games that are flopping is really what's causing this giant plummet in stock, and where Final Fantasy comes into play is that the game sold well. The game sold very well. It says it didn't. It says it didn't uh, hit the high end of their, of what they had hoped for, um, which is like you know, the, the the max end of what they estimated. Yeah. But basically, what that means is that the disappointment for them was that it didn't make up the losses. And this is what the Bloomberg article talks about. Final Fantasy 16 couldn't cover the losses of Forspoken and Avengers, and Babylon Falls because. That's how much those games lost for yeah. Square Enix. So, and and if you play Final Fantasy 16, there is no question of quality control. That is like one of the cleanest games I played. I mean, that game launched like bug free. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you know, if you look at the other projects, um, those were much less well received. And like we said, Forspoken totally flopped bad. We're seeing a lot of big flops this year, which I think is actually a good thing. Um, now, I, I'm i interested to see what this means for Square Enix. Like, are they going to lose so much value that Sony comes in and finally buys them? Yeah, um, that, that's kind of been... I feel like they're always up and down on, like, are they on the chopping block for sale? Are they, are right. they not? Like, Oh, and they and they tried to do the crypto stuff last year. Yeah, they said, like, oh, NFTs and, and crypto, like, we're going in in a big way for our, our player base. And it's like, what are you talking about? People have yeah, no what, idea what's going on. Nobody, <laughs> want, nobody asked for that. Nobody asked for it. Nobody wants it. It's just, it's so weird. Like, this goes hand in hand with how I felt about and the industry has always been this way. People pick favorites, there's console wars and stuff, but like this weird obsession now with, with like sales numbers and metrics as like a mm-hmm. weird, almost like a sports like validators. Yeah. Validators, validators for like your own biases or your favorite team, that kind of thing. Where like Final Fantasy 16 came out. I played it. We both did. I loved it. A lot of things I didn't like very much. It was imperfect, but overall I was like, that was a great experience. And if you go on Twitter, you go on the internet, like, People are like arguing over so many random aspects of it. Like, oh, like the sales numbers were this, like the drop off like that. And it's like, it's like you're talking about like stocks instead of like a video game, like a piece of art. Instead of a a visual art, a media, a a medium. Um, Like within hours, people were talking about that. And that's the other thing. I was thinking about drop off again yesterday. Like people will look at like the Steam charts for like Elden Ring or whatever. And they'll be like, wow, dead game. Yeah, <laughs> Why dude, is it's not a, game it's, dying? Not a, it's not a battle royale. Like, yes, like it is a it it is a finite game. It doesn't have an infinite loop. Like it is going to have finite numbers. People will stop playing it because they completed the offering. They completed just, the package. I just saw a, a, a thread of comments, I can't remember if it was Reddit or Twitter, uh, in a similar thing about Starfield, where someone was saying like oh, like, you know, shit game, like, there's nothing to do, this and that. And then someone was like, I don't know, like, you know, the, the faction quests are really good. Uh, main yeah. story is pretty great. Like, you know, you do that, do some stuff, and then that's a pretty full game. And then someone was like, yeah, but when you finish that, what do you do then? And they were like, 
you put it down and you play another game. <laughs> you beat it's it. Insane. It's insane. Okay. I, d- I don't understand. I yeah, it's don't like not get everything it. needs to be like Fortnite, Endless. you know, where you play yeah. forever, every single day for the rest of your life. Fortnite like, has truly broken some brains. Like it's yeah. scary. It's like I finish like, oh, damn, dude. Like I finished uh, War and Peace. What do I do now? You know, like read yeah. another book. <laughs> dead book. Dead book. De- it's literally dead like book. saying that. Yeah, dead book. Oh, Breaking Bad ended. Dead show. Dead movie. Yeah, dead movie. Viewership dropped to nothing, dude. It's insane. Dead movie. This weird attitude about that kind of thing. And, like, I get it. Like, everything's competing for headspace and and discussion. But it's so funny to me that people are, like, is this a, you know, not to make it a generational warfare, but, like, is this, like, younger folks growing up with more service things starting these arguments? Or, like, are we falling into it, too? Are there people in, like, their late 20s and 30s like making the same arguments i don't really know no i mean there definitely are if you go on if you go on x.com and you look at any like uh, account on there it's like there are so many bot accounts like uh mm. sorry i mean like fan bot accounts so it's like yeah, yeah yeah they're not bots they're just like super fans of plays oh my god we should i literally like that i sent around that uh thread earlier where someone on twitter was talking about uh, Spider-Man 2, and they were talking about how, like, <laughs> there is a scene, let me see if I can pull it up really quick, there is a scene uh, when you're fighting Lizard, and Lizard is running up a, oh, here, here's the thread, here's the thread, okay. So, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is how people talk about games almost exclusively now. So, there's a scene where you're fighting Lizard in Spider-Man 2, right? And Lizard is running up a building, and there's, like, a car smashing into the building, blah, blah, blah. And this account goes, Spider-Man 2 is an Xbox game. The entire discourse right now would be about why the windows are not breaking. Then gaming media would be spreading it too, along with faux-neutral fang concerns. (laughs) No, I don't have a problem with this. Just pointing out the double standards. Okay, next tweet. No, there are some cracks following Spider-Man, but none following the lizard, the car, or from the shooting drone slash (laughs) chopper. Might get added later, but point still stands. And they put a little emoji to the, finger. They, to the cracks. And then he go and then they follow up again. Update <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love my favorite part of this. This guy's awesome. Update We love you. We love the you, cracks the cracks are from the car, but not from Spider Man, the lizard, or the shooting drone. <laughs> Update. Update. <laughs> And it's just like, it's like, what are we doing? Like, you're, you made, this person went on Twitter and uh, made this thread completely because they have some kind of affinity for Xbox. Dude, I fucking, I love Xbox. Like, I love PlayStation. Like, Peter, your average Xbox Game Pass enjoyer. (laughs) Why is that in your bio? Do you have anything going on? Yeah, it says it in the, uh, in the the corner there. Your average Xbox Game Pass enjoyer. It's like average Xbox Game Pass enjoyer. I enjoy Game Pass. What are I enjoy we other doing? Games. Like, why am I putting? Why would I put that in my body? It's like it's like I said, the sports. Thing. Like a, some people, it's like a, a yeah. It's becoming We're like a about religion a corporate for some people. Product. We're talking about a corporate service. Yeah, it's like, like uh, you know someone whose bio sending, is only like Jets fan, and it's like, are you sending <laughs> Game Pass like a Christmas card? Like, what are we doing? Are you gonna wear like a Game Pass jersey? 
F. Phil Spencer, <laughs> double zeros. <laughs> Spencer on the back. Yeah, Spencer With on Phil the Spencer's back. face on the front. It's like where the branded gear, like it's so weird. It's like everything is a conspiracy. Everything is a conspiracy, you know, or it's like, oh, like actually if it was like an X and, and so many people do this too. It's like, oh, well, you know, like Starfield won't get this level. Right. Of, yes, you know, exactly. Under a it's microscope. Like, shut up. Shut up. Shut you up. are the people doing it. And it, it's the thing that's the thing that's really annoying about these kind of accounts, the average Game Pass enjoyer account, the average PlayStation <laughs> Plus enjoyer account. Yeah. Is that these people will never even like buy a PlayStation, not out of choice, but because they feel like they are they can't. They would be like they, this is their identity. Everything. What would they do yeah. if they didn't have this identity, right? And it's 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 like guys, just let's just be happy that all this great shit is is happening in one year, right? There's great. Everybody benefits from good games coming out. Right. It, it's great. And it's awesome. <laughs> like you were saying earlier, you know, Starfield made Xboxes sell, which is great because now that's just more competition for Sony to want to do better. Mm-hmm. My, so let's my keep favorite, it up. These, these sorts of people, um, Peter, we love you. We're not just singling you out. I'm sure you're a perfectly Peter, normal I don't know person. <laughs> I love you, Peter. We're the angel and the devil. Good cop, bad cop here. Um, like people like this, like the the digital foundry people, you know, who make like the tech videos, the analysis of like uh, frame rates, engines and stuff like that. And I'm a big fan of their videos. Um, sometimes they have misses. Sometimes they make mistakes. But like the level of, of weird fire that they get from fans of like both sides of the hardware is so funny if you look in like the comments and the retweets of like digital foundry stuff or the the individual people like uh john lineman who does a lot of them alex battaglia there are people who like it's so weird they'll be like oh like look literally the same thing with the emoji pointing at a frame of the video being like right. oh, in this scene you know like john didn't notice that the foliage was like you know not rendered at full resolution if they weren't paid off by microsoft they would have done this and that it's like what are you talking about dude <laughs> like everything is not a cons everything has to be a conspiracy to some people you know it's like you're in on the secret and like and this is not this is the kind of stuff i like my my Twitter feed when Elon took over went from like it turned into like getting more fights and yeah, people yeah, yeah, literally yeah. being shot be. in the head on my timeline to like slowly like w watering that out and like now I just get all of this kind of crap of just these one-sided like fan accounts that like have to destroy games uh, coming out for their enemy platform. It's like everybody shut up like let's just stop i i it, this drives me insane and this is like one of the most this is like one of the most perfect threads and th there were some really good ones for starfield i actually wish i kept track of them but i just uh, saw I this one Starfield. But this is like a the lot of perfect brains. example of like guys you're, you're saying losing, like you know you're if, losing your minds it's like it's like politics you know it's like well if the lamestream media covered spider-man <laughs> the same way they cover you know so and so it's just like what are you talking about we need dude? jonah on it we have uh we have by the way we have we have, we have Sudatrop in chat saying uh that this guy is completely correct <laughs> dude I, I i can't argue with that i think he's he's 100 accurate he's 100 accurate um okay let's uh let's jump ship so this is actually really wild this is another article from vgc um but 
Assassin's Creed Mirage and recent Resident Evil games are coming to the new iPhone 15 Pro. This is um, wild. This is this, actually this pretty was wild. wild. This was really interesting because, like, it, it really kind of speaks to how powerful mobile tech is getting at, at a baseline level. Uh, Apple has announced plans to bring several high-profile console and PC games to one of its upcoming iPhone models. The iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Pro were announced during an Apple event on Tuesday, which can be rewatched below. Capcom's Resident Evil 4 Remake and Resident Evil Village will be released for the Pro device later this year. Okay, so it's only for the Pro device, but um, they're also releasing Assassin's Creed Mirage, which will be released for PC and consoles next month. Uh, it's headed to the iPhone 15 Pro in early 2024, as is Ubisoft game The Division Resurgence. I haven't even heard of that. Um, <laughs> iPhone 15 Pro gets a major performance upgrade from A17 Pro chip, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to read the Tim Apple quote. Um, but yeah, no, it's wild. The, the crazy thing about this, about this is that it's not like, it's not the games, that, at least what they showed, it didn't look like they were like cheap Switch ports or, yeah. or cloud versions. They were just like natively running versions of the game yeah. that I'm sure won't hit PS5 quality, but it looked really good for, for being on a phone. This, this really blew me away because we've seen, uh, you know, for so long, for, for a, over a decade now since smartphones started getting games, there's always been that line between, you know, mobile games and, you know, like premium prestige games. Um, and the same way from like daytime TV and, you know, prestige television. And it's like the hardware has gotten so good, but there's always been this line drawn of like, like you said there, even if like a game does get like a version on phones, it's like, either super compromised or it's like, you know, the or it's like a side scroller version. version. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like like the Assassin's Creed 2D side scroller kind of thing. Right. It's like, this is the first time I can actually think of where like big triple A games are getting not not day and date releases, but like the full fat release on a phone, which is actually pretty nuts. And I I, I hope we see more of this kind of stuff because like, am I going to play it on my iPhone 15 Pro? No, probably not, because I'll get it on another platform. But like opening the door for people who might not have consoles, right. but who use their phone for, for games and for other things to like get access to like no offense to people who like mobile games, but good games. No, I <laughs> you mean, and you like, think about you think about people, how commonplace the iPhone is like, um, you know, not everyone can buy a Steam Deck and everyone can buy a blah, 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 whatever device. But with cross play and everything now. It'll be really interesting to see what kind of things can run on iPhone models that, you know, in 10 years, people will probably be able to run games on older phone models that they just have. Like yeah, right now, this is iPhone 15, is it's coming to the iPhone 15 Pro. It's a higher end model. But eventually this will get to the point where it's like, oh, my phone's three years old, but I can still run the games that are being put out for it. Right. And it's like with crossplay yeah. and stuff, people won't need to you know, people who can't afford a handheld PC, they'll have their iPhone that can run their favorite game. They can pick up the cross save, play it out wherever, you know, have that cross save go back to their console, whatever. Um, yeah, where's the Boulder's Gate? The Boulder's Gate iPhone 15. Uh, let's go. <laughs> Honestly, knowing Larian, it probably will happen because they love yeah. putting their, their shit on everything. Uh, at least an iPad version. It's coming to Mac. Actually. They're pulling out of Mac. Um, they're yeah. pulling it out of a Mac early access. Divinity well. had an iPad version, which was apparently pretty good. Um, that's wild yeah like i i love i love handheld platforms i love portable gaming like if 
the iPhone or any phone, you know, if it comes to Android too, eventually, but like having phones be like a legitimate, and I don't want to say legitimate because mobile games are games, but like, you know, like prestige, full premium kinds of games, like a legitimate console platform, I think is right. awesome. Like that's super cool. Give me more ways to play stuff like this. Um, we see a lot more of these. Yeah. Future sponsor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We're sponsored sponsor. by Backbone. Um, more than, yeah. Like, but actually the more, more accessories, more stuff that's kind of made for people engaging with these kinds of games because touchscreen controls suck. So they're trash. They're so bad. Yeah, they're always bad. Um, but no, th this is like interesting. And, and I actually, um, well, actually, I don't even know if I can say that. I might have beta tested like a, a, an Ubisoft mobile game that's coming out, but it's like, it's, um, it, it's so different to have like a, a mobile version of, of a triple a game, right? Like, or, or a game that's made for mobile. It's supposed to be like a breath of the wild, but it's on mobile. It still feels and looks like mobile. Mm -hmm. These, these, uh, versions looked like the regular game, which is what was so yeah. nuts about it. Um, yeah. they didn't look like, like they're made for mobile. Like the Resident Evil four, I, I rewatched the footage they showed and it's like, it just looks like the game. Like they, yeah, I, it's nuts, there's it's like nutty. maybe compromises to like, you know, so, some texture quality here and there, but it just looks like the PC version running with a couple settings turned down. You know, it's it's very exciting. I, I'm very excited to see, like you're saying, just more accessibility for more people. It's it's going to be yeah. really cool because a lot of folks. I mean, the mobile market is huge. You know, not everybody has an iPhone 15 Pro, but it trickles down, and and a lot of people right, exactly. use their phones down. for gaming and don't own a console, or you know, might not consider mm -hmm. themselves to to be into that kind of thing. But then when this presents itself, then there you go. Apple's making a big push into gaming. They even we talked about it a couple months ago, but they also released those tools where. Like you can essentially like run your game through a program and it'll like port it over to Mac for yeah, you, you and like you literally you press have the to, port button. <laughs> yeah, no. Like the, now we are literally pressing the port button, but you. I think you still have to. Well, you you most likely will have to like fix a ton of stuff, but like yeah, uh, it it like essentially like you know dwindles down the development time. You don't have to do like a fully custom port. It's nuts. It's it's crazy. So they're they're going hard. Let's see. Cool I can't wait for that Kojima that Kojima iPhone seventeen uh, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> exclusive not going exclusive. to be your console death stranding three death stranding three 2020 uh no it's next 24 is next year wait did i say 20 no i said iphone 17 okay sorry i'm all messed yeah. up kojima death stranding 2033 iphone 22 exclusive for the for the for everybody that's, that's the new wave forgot to plug in my laptop before we started here about to run out of power but it is now it's all good I'll take over. I'll take over. Oh, we're, we're good. Um, but speaking of going back to, uh, well, just continuing on with the mobile trend, um, this was a big, this is probably the biggest article of the week. Um, yeah. And this, I know a lot of people were familiar with, and it's pretty grotesque. Um, another article from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, Unity is adding a royalty fee based on the number of times a game is installed. The fee, which has attracted criticism from some developers, will be introduced in 2024. Criticism uh, Unity... from some developers. What a polite way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Unity will begin charging a royalty fee based on number of times the game has been installed using the Unity engine. Starting on January 1st, 2024, the Unity runtime fee will apply to games that meet a minimum revenue threshold and have passed a minimum lifetime install count. It also 
uh, varies based on the type of Unity subscription plan the developer has. The fee will apply to games made with Unity Personal and Unity Plus that have made $200,000 or more in the previous 12 months and have at least uh, 200,000 lifetime installs. Uh, it will also apply to games that made with Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise that have made $1 million or more in the previous 12 months and have m at least uh, 1 million installs. The fee, which will be payable monthly, will see Unity Personal and Plus developers paying a flat $0.20 cents per install over the threshold. Uh, Pro and Enterprise developers will pay a small fee that scales downward based on the number of installs over the threshold. As detailed in the table below, there's also an emerging market monthly rate that ranges from uh, half a cent to uh, a twentieth of a cent per install over the threshold. Um, this is like this was a really insane announcement, and it's something that I, like a lot of devs on Twitter were saying, like they were completely and totally blindsided by. Um, yeah. And I I have some thoughts about why they're doing this, um, and apparently I'm, I'm not unique. I saw other people have similar thoughts, but you know. I basically think Unity is has announced this because uh, 60% of mobile games are made with Unity. And 50% of AR VR games are also made with Unity. So what I think is that Unity essentially could no longer cares about the average developer for a console or a PC game. And I think they essentially know that they have such a stranglehold on the mobile market that they are, because it's install-based, right? The, the mm -hmm. way they talk about it is like downloading an app. They, yeah, they yeah. want in on, on, on those app downloads um, for, mobile, for mobile games that are raking in cash. This sounds like they are going after every gotcha game that is made in Unity. Yep. But, is, but, the, but the casualty is, is every other developer. Yeah, it, it's such an insanely short-sighted thing to try and implement because, like you said, it, it, this this is the only market that this makes any sense in is for mobile games. Like, you can't you can't track that kind of thing for like PC games for console games where it's like installing the same game like, oh your install you know broke for some reason you have to start it again. Oh now that counts as two. Like you can't track that without some kind of like invasive drm that's like always online always doing these kinds of things and it's like it just shows so little understanding or care on like the the executives the people who are in charge of the company now like for for premium games for developers for people for how the industry actually works literally all they are thinking about here is the big mobile games it's yeah. it's nuts like this is uh, we just watched a company kill itself basically in the long term like so many developers now, people who make like, you know, premium games, like actual full games, not just mobile games, like everybody's looking for a way out now. They're trying to hit the escape button because you're like, you know, the, the escape pod, because this is even if right now they went back on this, they've completely blown trust. Like no one was consulted. No one was given a heads up. People from inside the company have said that, like, there were so many worries raised for this they ignored everything and surprised everybody with it like the fact that they can retroactively say oh you know that that indie game you made in 2017 that has like a couple million installs oh yeah now you owe us money for those installs too it's like that's insane how could you ever trust this company to not do this again it's, it's, it's insane it's unenforceable like in <clears throat> right. so many markets like 
their their reasoning was they were like so many people were like how would you track this stuff and they basically the answer boiled down to like just trust us we, we, right. we keep tra- we'll keep track of it you know we've got our right. metrics like there'll be ways it's like what <laughs> what are you talking about it, it's super it's super wild and like you we saw a lot of developers come out um and and kind of speak out against this uh some of the big one of the bigger ones was uh mega crit who is the developer of uh slay the spire um, they put out a big statement that essentially said, the Megacrit team has been hard at work these past years on a new game. But unlike with, say, the Spire, the engine we have been developing in is Unity. The retroactive pricing structure of runtime fees is not only harmful in a myriad of ways to developers, especially indies, it is also a violation of trust, which it totally is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe Unity is fully aware of this, seeing as they have gone as far as to remove their TOS from GitHub. Despite the immense amount of time and effort our team has already poured into development on our new title, we will be migrating to a new engine unless the changes are completely reverted and TOS protections are put in place. We have never made a public statement before. That is how badly we <laughs> fucked up. I mean, they're it, not yeah, on this. So many statements yeah. came out like that. Like the people who made, um, uh, I almost said Silence of the Lambs, Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, they, yeah. they said that they're going to just delete the game on January 1st if it goes through. They're like, we don't, we, we don't have the money for that. <laughs> I can't afford right. this. It's, like, right. We will literally delete the game. <laughs> I, I I do think too if they wanted to specifically target mobile devs like mobile developer mobile installs they could they could easily just do that mm-hmm. like this is a fee that could apply to developing a mobile game through Unity right yeah but yeah. like so th- this is like the ultimate greed this is this is one of mm-hmm. the greediest things I've ever seen and it seems like they just straight up don't they just don't care no they don't I think this is this is one hundred percent like. There's, I'm sure there's probably a phrase for it in the, the corporate world, but just people coming in to take over a company who are basically saying, okay, like what is the, if we're not thinking in any way about like reputation, uh, developer, anything, like just what is the maximum way we could make money right now? Like that is exactly what this is. This is like the short road <laughs> towards just trying to immediately get a huge revenue return from from people that again are already locked into it that is the thing like locking in people with existing products like oh now you owe us money for those things like that's yeah. not what they agreed to that is not the contract they signed that's not the tos they agreed to it's it's beyond scummy it's like almost laughably evil <laughs> and it's such the, a the, such a strange decision the the biggest worry i have for this the the most the thing i'm scared about most is that Silk Song is being made in Unity? Oh, Will yeah. we ever see Silk Song? No, this pushed it back another five years. Sorry, like, I hate to say it. They got to start over again now. Actually, maybe actually, they will. They're, they actually, they're actually probably relieved because they probably hadn't started working on it yet. <laughs> and now they can just tell everyone that they have to start over. Yeah, it's like George R. R. Martin when uh, something happens. He's like, oh, Winds of Winter got delayed another two years. Sorry, guys. Oh, man. Uh, oh, darn. Uh, Oops. Gotta, gotta go back to the so drawing board. so busy. Oh, yeah. Now oh, we gotta change engines. Ugh. <laughs> but it, it's it's really scary. So we'll see We'll see what happens. I, I mean, it's... I, I don't even really know what to say beyond it's just the most... It's one of the biggest displays of greed that I've ever seen. And yeah. it makes me nervous, especially for indie developers who can't afford to... To pay when they're when you know uh like a cult of the lamb blows up way more than they expected like that is a yeah. fee that you can't even bake into gaming development because you have 
genuinely no idea how many people are going to download predict. your game. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's uncertainties around if this will apply to, to, to subscription uh, mm -hmm. service installs, like Game Pass. And I think that maybe is another reason why they're doing this, too, because they probably are mad that they don't see money from uh, games that aren't being purchased. And I don't know, maybe they have... Maybe the engine does get some money when a game goes into a subscription service. I don't actually know. But I got to imagine that they feel like that the market is moving towards mobile and subscription serviced games. And because of that, mm -hmm. they looks like they're trying to take a bigger piece of what circulates through those systems. So, yeah. But I, th I think the way that they're... The way that they're implementing something like this, it seems does not seem baked at all. It doesn't seem super well thought out. It seems like it only has the potential to destroy certain developers. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it... Uh, I hope it gets reversed. I, I really yeah. do. I really hope it gets reversed. Uh, and otherwise, I could see Unity basically destroying itself unless yeah, I mean the mobile game market keeps it alive. Yeah, what what developer? I mean, if I was someone who was going to get into developing games right now, like even just as a hobby, I because of this news, I would not pick Unity. Why would I? There's there's no they've completely destroyed any sense of like it being a good place, a good ecosystem to work within when something like this could happen or they could just shut things off without even telling me, you know? They could just change it, pull the rug out from under me. One of the the positives from this that I'm seeing is that, you know, when any any company brand product, whatever kind of shoots itself in the foot, people look for alternatives. And I, I yeah. follow so many developers on, on Twitter, X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. And a lot of people are, are talking about Godot, which is an open source uh, game engine, which I was kind of trying to mimic Made the, the user Godot. friendliness. Yeah. <laughs> Owned and operated by famous software developer Gal Godot. Um, that it, it kind of tries to that that beginner friendly that smaller project kind of vibe of Unity. They've kind of gone for that, and a lot of developers are now kind of like trying it out and being like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty decent. And the more people use it, you know, it creates more more growth, more opportunities. So, or people just run to the open, willing arms of Epic and the Unreal Engine. So Unreal, the rest of the industry will start using it too. Ugh. Yeah. All Hopefully the UE4 we'll, games we'll that look exactly the same, they have the same lighting. It like makes me ill. Oh yeah, you always so, know. And now we're seeing that with UE5 too. They just, like I said, they just hit the switches, turn all the settings on, and it's like that's yeah. a real engine game. <laughs> yeah, you know what it looks like. So, I, yeah, I mean, and and the CEO for Unity is is insane. I, if, even if we scroll down here, I think they have the article that's like, yeah, what what does it said? He said last year where he was like, yeah, Unity CEO promises to do better after calling devs. <laughs> Who don't prioritize monetization, quote unquote, fucking idiots. <laughs> My word choice was crude. I am sorry, said John yeah. Ricitiello. This it's dude classic... literally looks like a James Bond villain. I know. He looks like an AI generated CEO photo. <laughs> it's not like, oh, maybe I, you know, I really need to learn more about like people. He's just saying, like, nah, sorry, I should have picked my words a little bit better, you know? Like, you're not, you're but apologizing this... for people getting upset about it. This quote fully lines up with exactly what they pushed out. They only care about monetizing. They want to monetize, 100%. monetize, monetize. They have a 60% stronghold on the mobile market. They want to tap into those mobile downloads, you know. Mobile's mm -hmm. got to be the biggest gaming platform on or sector of the industry and, and, and yeah. the whole thing. And they want to take as much as they can out of that. So 
I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I think there where we basically won't see console PC games made in Unity anymore if if this is if this sticks. I'm sure yeah. some AAA developers will probably have custom licenses that will get them around this or reduced or something. But um, you know, I can't see anything outside of mobile really paying for this or wanting to pay for this going yeah, forward. Like it's it's too big a risk. It is, it is way too big a risk. R.I.P. Silk Song. <laughs> Never coming out. Never coming out. Um, but yeah, Unity. We hate you. Nice knowing you. We hate you. Unity. Go home. Go to bed. Go home. Unity. You're drunk. Um, but yeah, that that was that was that was kind of all we had. That was we we kind of just crushed that out. Yeah, big big week of um, always always interesting things. A lot a lot of shifts of again, like so much of it feels like it's coming down to just like financials and 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 scope and uh, market share and the shifting and how people just approach. Oh, you know. Games are a big industry. They're making a lot of money, and more more money leads to more attention and people coming in who are just trying to make money. And right. you know, we're, we're seeing yeah, some you see that with decisions the, being made. You see that with the uh, entertainment industry. Like a lot of what we're seeing in the entertainment industry, a lot of the striking that's happening is really the result of like big venture capitalist seed 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 round money that went into like funding these big streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, all these things. Or just legacy entertainment uh, brands like you know Time Warner or not Time Warner uh, Warner Discovery, making like Max and all these other platforms, right? It's like the obsession with with retention and with uh, with min maxing their their money is is resulting in 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 all these strikes. Um, it's resulting in kind of like a, a weird destruction of the industry. And video games are more, even more embroiled in tech than that. So hopefully yeah. they don't go down the same path. I, I hope that we see more unionization in, in, the, industry, in the video game industry um, from everything from the voice actors to the developers themselves because yeah. the tools, the underlying companies that make the tools to make games... There's not enough competition, and the publishers that are also releasing the games, there's not enough competition, and I think they feel like they can charge forty dollars to, uh, you know, for early access and release games unfinished, and you know, basically yeah. have children gambling over loot boxes. <laughs> so, the I think these the, this this all needs big change, and this to me is just a shouting example of how out of touch the corporate side of this industry is yeah sucks sucks we're all sucks. doomed yeah. we're all doomed oh at least but we yeah. got starfield yeah let's go play starfield or <laughs> i might play mortal kombat again i can't yeah, I'm stop. Probably play starfield right after this i can't i can't I stop with mortal right kombat dude i gotta get it this week we'll jump in reptile baby reptile man I gotta go to the bathroom um, first and foremost. So, all right, do it. <laughs> Drink a lot of water. All right, everybody. Uh, that was episode sixteen. We'll be back next week. Um, you can find us at S Rank Pod on Twitter, uh, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, you can catch the next episode live. Uh, we'll be here on Wednesday, Thursday, or Saturday. We'll see. Around there. Um, yeah. Everybody hanging out. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to some games after this. If anyone's interested in chilling. 
Uh, but you can you can catch me here at twitch.tv slash no banana suits. Uh, same on uh, Twitter. You can catch Welsh Irish tea at uh, at Sean Welsh Brown on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thanks for tuning in. Catch thanks you for tuning in. Catch you later. All right, all right, King. Peace. See you.